411 Live. Well, you can learn about issues that affect us every day. State of World 411 Live. Real people, real talk. Made to help people in our community in every way. For your girl. The average age of children who become victims of sex trafficking is 8 to 14. And the number of times a victim is sold is 10 to 12 times a day. Think about that. Hello. Thank you for joining us. This is the 411 Live. Real people, real talk. I'm Beverly Taylor. We are embarking on a multi-part project that covers a lot of things dealing with human trafficking, specifically sex trafficking. We want to make sure that the conversation on this issue continues to flow, and we want to bring awareness. Today, our topic is trauma, a trafficker's currency, how they capitalize on victims' trauma. This is actually part two. We already already had part one. If you haven't seen that, I encourage you to go and look at part one. But this is part two, and our guests continue to be psychologist Romel Kweku Achu-Smith of Blacksmith Consulting, and we have Jolanda Rogers, and she is the founder of Talk Consulting. We've talked about a lot of things in part one, and we want to continue this. We want to talk about the healing process, um, and the whole bit of dealing with trauma. So thank you guys for hanging around for part two. And um, Kweku, I know you have to leave us kind of in the middle, but we want to get your input on this this first part of this uh, podcast. We talked about a lot of things before. Let's kind of lay out again what we mean when we're talking about trauma. Let's make that the first. And so when we're talking about trauma, we're talking about a person who's experienced an event, whether it's personally to them or to someone close to them or something that they've witnessed. And it's been something not only that they witnessed, but it's had a negative effect. And that negative effect, we know it's there because it does one or two things or both. It allows a person to want to avoid anything that will remind them of that or there's an infusion of thoughts that they can't get away from it, even if they want to, where even if they try to do things to disassociate during the day, it may invade their sleep. So when we talk about trauma, we talk about something specific happening to a person. And this is the thing. It can be one event or it can be what we call complex trauma. Complex trauma is when the trauma continues to happen over and over and over again. You can see that as it relates to a community that sees constant violence or unfortunately for someone in the home that may be constantly abused and is not protected and that abuse goes on for a while. So, And that can come in the form of domestic violence or corporal punishment to an extreme. And so when we talk about trauma, but what we're talking about specifically is something that's happened to you or something that you've witnessed and it has a negative effect on how you live the rest of your life. So how does how can trauma manifest itself? Especially when you're talking about a, a sex trafficking victim. Well, I think um, with trauma, you can also have like a delayed onset where sometimes like you don't even know that you've been traumatized because it's just you're going through the moment. And it sometimes 
Um, the moment can even be pleasurable uh, with some of the, the trauma that you go through. And it's not until some time period later you recognize, man, wow, I was manipulated. Wow, uh, something was stolen from me that I didn't even realize was being stolen from the moment. So when you say, how does it manifest uh, trauma? We always look at it from a physical standpoint. A person was hit with a bat. They had trauma to the head. We right. think of that from a physical. But now from um, a, a sexual trauma, somebody who was molested. But a lot of times in speaking specifically of men, uh, young boys are molested. And but when they're molested by women, they don't think of it as molestation. They think mm-hmm. about I've grown into manhood. This this pseudo rights of passage, this fraudulent right. rights of passage, mm-hmm. right away, but not understanding what that does to them on a later point in their life, as far as having sustained relationships because of their hypersexual behavior or trying to prove different things of that nature. So trauma can come in so many different ways. And what we've talked about on part one, just to to remind the people or to inform the people if they didn't see that part, is that something that's traumatizing to one person may not be traumatizing to another person. And something that we think is very small or minor could be something that extremely Mm. traumatizing. So when we talk to young girls and young ladies about unwanted touching, it could be a touch that's on your shoulder. But it's so creepy that when anybody ever else touches you on your shoulder, it's ruined for life because that's the trigger where it was. So what we never want to do is minimize what a trauma can be. We, what we want to do is listen to the people, let them talk, for give sure. them a voice to be able to express their stories. And as they talk, now we understand the avenues to help heal. When we were talking about healing, um, you know, sometimes you have good intentions and sometimes you just can mess it up because people have, you mentioned triggers, and sometimes you don't know what those triggers are. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Am I on yeah. the right track with that one? Absolutely, absolutely, because I think something he mentioned that's so powerful, sometimes people don't even know that they've been traumatized um, because behavior seems so normal. And so they're living a life, and to them, it is normal. You take a person that experienced um, repeated childhood sexual abuse, so they are having complex trauma. They get introduced into the life of sex trafficking. They experience um, that they are re-traumatized and re-victimized in that life. But because of where they started from, all of this is normal. There is nothing wrong. And then when there's that moment where they want to get out or someone introduces them to something new and tells them, hey, you know, that's not normal. And that awareness happens, bringing them to that point of even starting a healing journey. It has to be done so gently because the only thing that they know this is my life. Yeah. This is how I live. This is what from the onset of early childhood to now in my 20s, this is what I've done. How can there be anything different? Ramel, you have to see you, you you have the clients, you're a psychologist and you see people with trauma. So it I guess you do have to take baby steps in that healing process, right? Yeah, you know what? Everybody is different with what they need. I think Sister Rogers has the best point, though. She said, we have to talk. And like I said, when a person talks, that reveals to you how they need to be healed, what pace that they can go at, because it's not a cookie cutter. It's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's an idiosyncratic approach that must be taken to each person because they have different experiences. And I think what we all have to recognize, and you said it um, earlier in part one and even coming back here, we've all experienced some type of trauma in our lives. Uh, My grandmother, who's from uh, Chickasaw County, 
Houston, Mississippi. I never graduated high school, never graduated college. Gave me the best information I ever learned that informs my counseling. Mm -hmm. She said the best way to heal yourself is to help others. And I think that's why so many people who have Mm -hmm. been hurt, we talked about five and nine Mm -hmm. and seven on eight score, people who have been hurt, who have seen uh, different traumatic experience, experienced dysfunction, but somehow has had a level of resiliency to overcome and say, I want to give somebody else some of the things that I got. So when we think about it in that form and fashion, you say, where's this person? at on the scale and then let me help them because when we talk about trauma we we've we've been kind of reducing this to a person who's been sexually trafficked and who's been then it's a lot of people who do some great things in this world Mm -hmm. that behind closed doors when they can take that mask off deal with a great way to trauma and oftentimes we we're in awe when we hear about our favorite superstars Mm -hmm. or celebrity darlings and they tell something i never would have thought right and i tell people if it can happen it can happen to you, and it probably has. And you're going back to kind of like the sex trafficking. The stats are is one out of every three young children, one out of every three young girls are molested, one out of every four boys. I would suggest that number is extremely higher. Those are the numbers that's reported. Yeah. Right. And for when you have a reported number, you know there's going to be some people who say, that didn't happen to me because either one, I don't want to tell you it happened, mm-hmm. I'm too embarrassed to tell you, mm-hmm. or it happened. And I don't even remember it happened. Yeah. yeah. Or it happened, but I was so young, I didn't know mm-hmm. the 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 – the, the eye-opening experience I had was uh, doing, doing my practicum internship with the Department of Corrections. There was a mother. Uh, she had performed fellatio on her six-month-old child. Six months. And she turned herself in. That's the only reason anybody knew. But that boy doesn't understand what happened. But biologically, his brain still recorded oh, it. Absolutely. And it's going to be issues that he's going to deal mm-hmm. with that he doesn't even know has happened. Mm-hmm. So when we start to talk about, is there's a doctor out of Canada named Dr. Gabo Mate, And he says the brain records like no other organ in the body. Yeah. So even though we're younger, from zero to five is the most impressionable time on the brain. Your brain is 90% developed by the age of five. Now, mm-hmm. we said it doesn't fully develop mm-hmm. until you're 25, mm-hmm. 28. So just think about that zero to five age. When we think about personalities being set, you you just think about it. Anybody who's listening now, if you're old enough, think about a friend when they were three or when they were seven. Mm -hmm. As an adult, they're the same person Mm -hmm. unless something extremely different has happened. They have the same characteristics, same thing. They say, you've always been a sweet little boy. Oh, he doesn't always been the same mean loser because that zero to five Mm -hmm. is so big on our limbic system and the brain grows sequentially in the beginning part is less plastic, meaning less uh, amenable to change. So the things that we learn to begin is like cement. That's the hardest and the dip, most mm-hmm. difficult to change. And so we talk about creatures of habit. Why can a person pull you in from those different areas? Because if that trauma happened early and I've detected that as a trafficker, I know where to go into. So I'm not talking to a 29-year-old. Yeah. I'm not talking to a 23-year-old. I'm talking to that 2-year-old who is vulnerable that I can go into that 4-year-old who is vulnerable, that 8-year-old who mm-hmm. is vulnerable and is less likely to change. So when we start talking about right. as an adult, I don't want to do this anymore, that's hard enough to change. Mm-hmm. But when we start talking about those really mm-hmm. serious issues, very difficult, but not impossible. Absolutely. You know, I've heard people say uh, when something happens, mm-hmm. you know, a death, what, whatever it might be, oh, he's he's just two, he's just three, yeah. so no. he'll, he won't remember it. He's yeah. seven. What kind of stress yeah. can he have? Right. Yeah. right. So here's the thing about two and three and seven and those core wounds. We're talking about preverbal trauma. 
And those are the things that we experience now that we can't put the words to. I don't know why it is, but every time Sister I'm Rogers, you got to rewind that and then, say that again. For the you know, uh, that <laughs> pre-verbal pre trauma. It's the stuff that yes. we can't put words to, but we live them out. Yeah. We, we don't speak it. But we act it. It's every time I come into a certain room, I don't know why I just feel nauseous mm -hmm. at grandma house. Yeah. But that pre-verbal trauma or even when like some of my own healing work that I've done for myself, areas where it's like I can't explain why I feel this, but I know that mm -hmm. I feel this. And just because of my background, it sent me into, OK, where did I live? Yeah. When I was two, who were my caregivers who were around me and like what types of things were going on? And I've been able to reconcile that. But you take someone that hasn't been on a journey that doesn't understand this. And so that pimp, he knows that preverbal area. And so she doesn't understand. He doesn't understand. Why am I OK with him doing this? Why am I not responding to him touching me that way or to him hitting me that right. way? Even when we look at some of the things like physical abuse, because something in us identifies this is normal. This is OK. Before I have words to explain it, I agree with it. And so now I live it. Wow. Pre-verbal trauma. Yeah. Do you have it? Think about it. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. The 411 Live, your link to information. And now, here's your food for thought. When he said I could have everything I've ever wanted, I didn't expect it to slip through my fingers in a split second. I started out as a girl living a life of happiness with someone I believed I could trust. Then he twisted what I saw into a world of darkness. He took away my innocence, broke me down until I was no longer a human being, sent me into the streets to find date after date, bed after bed, so I could earn the cold hard cash he couldn't wait to spend. People think I'm a lost cause, someone just looking for a good time, when in reality, I'm being trafficked and they don't know the signs. This is only one example of sex trafficking. Maybe other victims can escape if everyone learns the signs before it's too late. For more information, visit the411live.org. What do you think of when you hear intercourse for money? What do you think of when you hear exploitation of your body? What pops in your mind when you hear young boys and girls being sold for sex? Do you think of sex trafficking? You should. What movie do you see when you think of someone being kidnapped to become a product? Oh, come on now. We all know what we think of. It's that film and that father who had to go all the way overseas to rescue his daughter. But wait, that's not just happening overseas. Try here, the United States of America. Try here, the state of Wisconsin. Try here, the city of Milwaukee. Unknown to many, the Harvard School of Pimps in their holy training ground. Young girls and boys are being solicited at an average age of 13 years old. Didn't know that, did you? Research and learn the signs of sex trafficking because you just might not know when your child's newest lover is their soon-to-be pimp. For more information, visit the411live.org. Welcome back. Uh, our psychologist, Ramel, had to leave us, but we thank him for giving us the time that he was able to give us. And, of course, Jolanda Rogers is still here, and she is the founder of Talk Consulting, and we will continue our talk about trauma. So thank you for staying and giving us this time in our part two. Um, Let's go back uh, in the time that we have, mm -hmm. talking about uh, the healing process. Yeah. Now, you come at this 
with a personal perspective. Absolutely. Because of sexual assault? Yes, early childhood trauma, um, complex trauma, repeated childhood sexual abuse that uh, wasn't addressed Mm -hmm. because after exposing it the first time, it wasn't handled. And so I learned and internalized, this is not something that you share. It's not something you talk about. It's not something you tell someone. And so I held it. Yeah. 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 So how did it, did you find that it kind of seeped out Mm -hmm. as you grew older? You know, um, I was talking to psychologist Romel about a study that I was just reading about post-traumatic stress and then post-traumatic growth and how the level of resilience a person has really impacts like how that post-traumatic stress disorder can actually turn into post-traumatic growth. And I think that's what I've really experienced. Um, It's been over a decade I've been on a healing journey. So it is not something that has happened overnight. And so because of that, my passion, my purpose is to see others heal. And I know that healing happens as we talk, as we process, as we sit in those core wounds in the presence of somebody that's non-judgmental, that's willing to allow us to have that space, doing some exposure therapy to where the things that we've experienced and the things that we've seen don't sting as much because we're able to talk about them and articulate them and not be judged by them. And what I firmly believe is that behavior modification only comes through healing transformation. So when we're looking at bringing someone out of the the lifestyle of being trafficked to change that behavior, you they've have gotta they've got to heal. That's yeah. the only way. You can't preach it out of them. Mm-hmm. You can't church it out of them. You can't uh, condemn it out of them. You can't shame them out of it. They have to heal. We uh. uh through a part one and maybe a little bit in part two, we mentioned ACE, yeah. um, that adverse childhood experience. And there's the test. So go online, ACE test, just Google it, and you'll see the test. And I'll ask a bunch of questions, and then I'll give you a score. And the higher your score, mm-hmm. the greater uh, yes. your risk factor yes, basically uh, for health and mm-hmm. all these other adverse things. But Take that, but also Google resilience test and look at that, too, because if your resilience is high, Mm -hmm. then those adverse effects won't be as high for you. Yeah. Correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, Now, you were saying that when this happened, that first time, Mm -hmm. you told somebody, somebody Mm -hmm. didn't react correctly. The first time that I was aware of. Mm -hmm. And so remember earlier, we talked about that pre-verbal trauma. Right. And so during the process of my healing, I learned as more wounds unlocked Uh and uh, more events unlocked, more memories unlocked that I had so far suppressed and was not aware of. But the first event that I do remember that I told someone, it didn't go well. And so for a while, I felt like there was just this mark on me and people that women that I've spoken with that have been trafficked and that have experienced severe trauma. Many of them talk about just feeling marked like my whole life has just been filled full of so much trauma, full of so much pain and not feeling like there's an outlet to escape it. So it seems like that's that's an area that could hit all of us. For sure. If somebody comes to us. For sure. 
to tell us mm -hmm. that something like this happened, mm -hmm. how we react. Yes. That's pivotal. Yes. It, it can it's send everything. them, you know, yeah. it determines where they go next. Mm -hmm. So how do we make sure that we react correctly? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it's important that everyone understands that each person is a catalyst to another person's healing. And that happens simply by your presence and your willingness to respond and be in the moment with mm -hmm. them. Um, most times trauma is difficult to deal with. We don't want to be there. Yeah. But just remember, as much as we don't want to be there, the person that has experienced they that don't trauma, want to be there either. Like, right. It's it's even yeah. more severe for them. So just that willingness to be present, to allow them to express what has happened, to sit with them. Um, I am a big advocate for therapy and I'm also a huge advocate for inner healing counseling, which is um, just a type of formational prayer that allows you to, again, see where the presence of the father was when the trauma happened. Because if you are a believer, a person of faith, then you believe that there is a higher power for me. I believe that God is with me all mm -hmm. of the time, is with me at every moment in my life. Then it's sitting in that pain in that moment and asking him, where were you? And inviting him to heal that part of us that felt him absent in that moment. Wow. That would that is what has brought the most healing for me when I talk about again the decade of just going through different elements of the healing process really being able to welcome him into my pain and to know that I've never been alone in it has transformed and unlocked my silence hence why I talk right yeah right so talking it out is is so important mm -hmm. but it is so difficult for it many is. people it is because when you talk about it, mm -hmm. you are laying everything out. You yeah. are as vulnerable as you were when it happened. Right, right. Yeah, you really are. It's the exposure. It's the nakedness. And I have a, a pamphlet that I talk about um, for survivors, the aspect of power loss. And I give the analogy of when you're in a home and power goes out, just mm -hmm. that deafening silence. Mm -hmm. And how much noise electricity makes and that when a person has been traumatized, has been abused, particularly sexually abused, the power literally goes out. So there is a loss of power to control your own voice. There is a loss of power physically to be able to cause the aggressor to get off of you. There's a loss of power in terms of your emotions, being able to express how you're feeling, what you're feeling. There's a loss of power in terms of your sexuality, being able to freely own what's okay to feel, what's um, acceptable within sexuality without shame. And so how the healing process is about getting that power back and turning the light back on. Right. Yeah. But sometimes that involves rewriting the script. Mm -hmm. Because when you're in it, I would think to make it okay or, you know, just to be in it yeah. and survive, you have to program your mind to think it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm stepping it. This is okay. This is the way it is. This is normal. You know, yeah. tell yourself all of that. Yeah. Because you're in it. Mm -hmm. And it's a protective thing. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. the way that the mind is kind. Yeah, it is so incredibly kind to us. And I think the way that we are uniquely designed and hand it together enables us to survive some yeah. of the trauma that we experience. Because which is the whole notion about 
dissociating when situations mm-hmm. happen. We step out of ourselves because if we were present in that moment, it would be too much for us to handle. And so it is that area of self-protection and self-preservation. But when it's time to heal, you've got to be willing to go back to that place and yeah. you've got to do it in community. So when we say I dare you to heal, we're talking about bringing together community, inviting people to go to the lighthouses, to come to different organizations. Everybody journey looks different. Mm-hmm. How they heal will look different. But the fact that you must heal right. is what's going to be um, empowering for eliminating that currency that we talk about for the pimps. Right. If you're listening and this is is you, um, I would encourage you to find somebody like Jolanda um, and talk consulting. Mm-hmm. Somebody to walk you through. Don't try to walk it by yourself. Yeah. Because that would be almost impossible. Mm-hmm. But if you've got somebody along mm-hmm. with you, encouraging you, right. helping you along the way, mm-hmm. then the journey is still going to be tough. Yeah. But it's going to be doable. It is. And you need another person. You cannot heal by yourself. Like you can't. You need that other person to walk alongside you. One of the things about trauma is that it is often a lonely experience. Mm -hmm. And so to heal that loneliness and to evolve for it, you must sit with another person, inviting them into that pain to really just take that um, journey with you. And to know that you're not alone. Absolutely. There are a lot of people who were taking that journey. Absolutely. And just because, I'm so glad you said that, just because a person doesn't look like they're on a healing journey, like people see the different things that I do now, I am yet on a journey. On a journey. I always make sure that I'm investing time into my own personal healing because triggers are real. I talked about some of those time release things that happen, uh, being that I have, again, a five-year-old, eight-year-old, 14-year-old. I'm constantly looking at myself in those developmental stages and reflecting on what was happening in my life at that time right? and being sure not to project that onto them. But I also understand that there are mothers like me that have daughters Mm -hmm. and because they have not accessed that level of healing, there is such a deep projection, which creates that mother wound, that feeling of rejection, which, again, is another form of trauma that creates that currency. So it's a whole cycle of making sure that we are healing as a community and healing. If you don't do it for yourself, if you have children You are doing it for them Mm -hmm. because when you heal yourself, then you have more positive things to give to your children. Absolutely. But when you're wallowing in it, Mm -hmm. your reactions, your Mm -hmm. your speech. That that can be distorted. Yeah, it it totally can. Um, I'll just give an example. how I was raised, you don't sleep. You sleep in pajamas. You need to make sure you have on bottoms and on the top. And, you know, my house is a completely safe house. Mm-hmm. And it was extremely hot. And so my girls just, you know, had on their chonies and their T-shirts, my little girls. And I'm like, you don't sleep that way. <laughs> but it came from that place of I had to ask, why can't they sleep that way? What's going to happen to them? This is a safe place. Mm. And so just completely reframing that. But that's. One of the things that trauma does, it heightens you, makes you hypersensitive to different things around you. Your perception of everything is skewed because you see it through the lens of trauma. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of.
kind of being mindful. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole mindful being present. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 We can heal. We can heal. You can do it. Jolanda, it has been a pleasure. Thank you. It has. It has been so excited to see her with you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and if they want to reach you, mm-hmm. just go to go to your website. For sure, you can um, definitely go to my website. In the fall, I will actually be launching a soul healing experience, which is a small group community mm-hmm. that um, will walk through trauma, walk through emotional echoes, which are just kind of reoccurring thoughts, and figuring out where those are coming from, and also walking through core wounds. So groups will do that. And about three to five participants and then they'll also have one-on-one sessions with me to just kind of talk about their healing journey and really further them along the process excellent yeah. excellent so talkconsulting.net very cool that is great well we've done it part two and you stayed here so thank yes. you for joining thank us thank you for having me now if you want to get more information about the topics that you've heard part one part two any of the other podcasts simply go to our website www the411live.org you can also check us all out at facebook igtv i have to look at this script because we're everywhere subscribe to our youtube channel follow us on twitter we're there i want to also remind you that we're a nonprofit organization we're trying to do a lot of things we're trying to do many many podcasts workshops um and there is a docu-series that will be also uh, also coming out and it will take you into the world of sex trafficking through the eyes of a survivor all this stuff takes money so if you are so inclined we uh, ask you to please donate simply go to our website www.the411live.org Your money will be used in a good way. And hopefully we will continue this conversation on sex trafficking. We will improve the awareness and we will improve the healing because there are a lot of people out there who need the healing process. Mm -hmm. And um, this is the place to get more information. So thank you for staying with us all the way through. This is the 411 Live. Real people, real talk. And we'll see you next time.